Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Seth and Charles Sports Radio, and it's been, as Seth would say, an interesting couple of weeks. Yes. Interesting would be an understatement as far as I'm concerned, and Seth Kamens will be joining momentarily. First time in two weeks we're back on the show. And there has been a lot going on, a lot of playoff runs in the NBA, a lot of playoff runs in the NHL, and my Islanders are still in it, up 3-1 to one versus the Philadelphia Flyers. And, and we'll get to that in a second. And there's been a lot of sadness in the sports world and in the world in general. And we said after the George Floyd incident, we call it an incident because it was disgusting, And I don't have any other words to describe it other than disgusting that happened in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. And it's more than a month ago at this point that we were going to have a problem doing our show. I have to tell you, I'm no better off today with what went on in Kenosha with the rioting and the arrests that have gone on in Kenosha and the contrast between Jacob Blake and Kyle Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse is a, is a bad word to begin with just because I can't remember the, the television show. I'm going to have to go look it up that Rittenhouse. Oh, it was, um, something about time travel, where Rittenhouse was the bad guy. And that immediately brings myself to that. There's no excuse for what's going on. There's no excuse for the violence that is going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And there's no excuse for others to take up arms. None. Arms, no. Peaceful protest, yes. The definition of peaceful protest, depending on who you ask. I don't endorse picking up a gun. Um, I'm not a gun guy. I do understand the, the self-defense argument. I do understand keep it, keep it in your own place. Going across state lines with a gun, never going to get me to agree with that. I have to tell you personally, Personally, I got a call from my older brother a couple of weeks ago, and the call went like this. Mom bought a gun. And my response was, are you fucking kidding me? And the reasoning for my mom buying a gun, supposedly, 
was because she feared for her life. And my mom lives in a gated community in 30 miles north of Phoenix. Fear for your life. Come on now. And that was my response to my brother saying my mother brought a gun. And we're going to get into today our fantasy football preview, which is one of my favorite shows of the entire year. It really is. I mean, fantasy football coming back brings a smile to my face. But don't, don't let it mistaken you for thinking that fantasy football and sports takes away from what is happening in society because, you know what, I was against Kyrie Irving. I didn't believe Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving said at the beginning of the restart for the NBA that the players going down to Orlando was going to take away from their social justice voices. I didn't, I didn't agree. I thought, you know what, they're going to do what they do. The ball players are going to do what they do down in Orlando. Black lives are going to matter. It's going to be splashed around all of these it's going to be on every jersey. It's going to make a difference. Well, I'll tell you right now, it didn't make too much of a difference. And when I'm wrong, I say I was wrong. Kyrie Irving had it right the whole time. And I don't give a whole lot of credit to Kyrie Irving. I don't, I don't think of him as, as a great ball player, but he had it right. He's donated money to the right causes. And when he said it would be more effective if we stayed out of the bubble than if we stayed in the bubble, well, guess what? When the bubble didn't play, when the players in the bubble didn't play, people noticed. For good or for bad, people noticed. People took a side. That's okay. You're allowed to take a side in society. But a lot more was a lot more notice was taken when there weren't games to when there were games. So credit the NBA. Credit the Detroit Lions. You want, everybody remembers that the NBA canceled their games, but the Detroit Lions, and we don't give a whole lot of credit to the Detroit Lions on the field, but let's give a lot of credit to them off the field. They were the first ones that said, we will not practice. They were there the day before the NBA. They were there the day before the Milwaukee Bucks. They were, the day, they were there and put their foot down and said, we will not practice, and everybody followed them. So credit to the credit to the Detroit Lions, credit to the Milwaukee Bucks, credit to the Milwaukee Brewers that noticed that not playing had a bigger influence on society and hopefully it continues to than playing. And Seth, you're, you're joining us a little late. Um, I'm glad you're joining us. I need a breath. So hi. <laughs> hey, buddy, how you doing? Uh, it's been, it's been an, as you as as I said earlier, as Seth Kamen's always says, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. It always is. Um, I, I I only picked up the last sixty seconds of it. I'm assuming we started with the boycott. And can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we didn't even get to the boycott yet. We just got to me basically stating, you know what, sports is always important, but it's not the most important thing, and it never is. And it's a distraction. It's a distraction for all of us from real life. But right now, 
maybe we don't need the distraction as much. And while I am an ardent supporter of my New York Islanders and I have enjoyed this run, I will tell you the, the run is tainted for me by the news in the last couple of weeks. First Kenosha, then we get to Lute Olsen, then we get to Chadwick Bozeman, and finally John Thompson. It is the hit after the hit after the hit after the hit. And I'm telling you, uh, as, as, a Caucasian, as a Caucasian privileged man, and I will say that up and down, I am Caucasian and I am privileged. It's not hitting me as hard as it's hitting some. So if it's hitting me this hard, I don't envy any black man, any black woman, and certainly not any black child right now. Seth, how do you explain this to your children? How do you explain what is going on to your children I had a conversation with my younger brother yesterday, and for those that listen to the show, you know he has three children who are huge, huge comic book people. They dress up like comic book characters to go to the movies. We make Marvel Day every year. And how to explain that Black Panther, Chadwin Mosick, passed away at 43, which is one year older than their father, and one year younger than their uncle is is an impossible task. I I I don't know how to go about it. And I'm at a loss as many words as many words as I have uttered in the last ten minutes is as much of a loss for words as I am. You expect me to follow that? Oh, I got a lot more where that's coming from, so you might be mute the entire time. Uh, according to my wife, who for the first time ever listened to one of our podcasts um, on the way out to Pennsylvania last week, we would be better off if you – she said you have a much better radio voice than I do. So we may be better off that way. Maybe that will get us more listeners. Um, um, I think you're kind of combining a couple of different things here, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. And if you're talking from an all-encompassing, I don't, first of all, the people that you're teaching about, you know, trying to explain Chadwick Boseman's death to are not the same people you're explaining George John Thompson's death. Absolutely. Two very, you're very correct. different populists. Correct. Correct. 100%. So, as a 40-year-old, 40 40-something-year-old 40 guy who loves, who loves college basketball, you know, it, it saddens me to see the death of Lou Dalton and not John Thompson. As a 44-year-old father of two, it saddens me to see any 43-year-old person die of cancer, whether of COVID, cancer, so on, whatever it is. Um. But I, I, I don't compare them to what's, what's gone on in Minnesota, what's gone on in Kenosha and all that. To me, it's, 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 a, it's a separation. It's, it's separate. Um, you know, what's gone on in Kenosha is an absolute disaster. It was mind-boggling. And, you know, it, it's gotten to the point that any, 
that any, I, I can't even, you know, social media, it's just, it's, 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 it makes me depressed to go on social media, which is now why I've blocked a lot of it. Um, yeah, the idea, now, what you were saying in regards to that Kyrie was right, that they would do more, you know, that was when I came in, that they'd be more effective being outside the bubble than inside the bubble. I don't know if I agree with, because if they were outside the bubble, if the, if the league didn't continue this year, then what they were doing would not have been listened to, I don't think. That it started and then was boycotted or struck or was on strike or whatever verbiage you want to use because of this, and then came back after a certain criteria was hit, all like criteria as far as I can see relatively legitimate, that to me is more of a has more of a profound influence. But the reality is at the what do you the reality is there's also so much only so much that you can do. And see, look that see, the, oh, I, they're opening I, Barclays. I'm sorry, please. I, I disagree with that. And I think there's more that the, the so the there is so much you can do, but you can do more. You can do more than where they are today. And two things. First of all, if they had never joined the bubble, that would have been a protest first of George Floyd, right? It wouldn't have gotten to this yeah. point. Uh, I'm not saying society wouldn't have gotten to this point, but the protest but would have been something entirely different. What do you, think, what do you think would have changed? Do you think I don't know. A, Kenosha wouldn't have it, happened? Of course it would have. No, no, no. That's what I was saying. Uh, you can't stop society. I'm saying you might have gotten some more pull. But – Deadspin had something oh, I, yesterday, and I, and, I, and I don't read Deadspin very often. I used to read it a lot more. I think they, they just lost a lot of their writers or something happened. But the well, fact we'll each sold it, yeah. They suggested yesterday, and I loved, the, I loved it and couldn't understand how it would work, but they said, you know what, NBA players? Show up at the polling place. People will come see you. So set up, have a socially distanced, give up your day, have a socially distanced picture with everybody that votes because black people will show up to see LeBron James. They will show up to see Jalen Brown. They will show up to see Jason Tatum and spread these people, spread the players around the country. I thought it was a phenomenal idea. I it, was, it, it, was it, someone else, it came out before Deadspin. I, okay. I read that a couple days ago. But okay. I thought, tremendous. Like, uh, I, I don't want to quote our president, but amazing, huge. Like, it was great. It, it was the first real, the first real idea that had any teeth to me that people could do individually. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And you know who else would love it, Seth? John Thompson would love that idea. Like, I'm switching yeah, gears. I get it. I get it. Let's understand, because of John Thompson, Georgetown exists as a basketball school. Not exists as yeah. a college. Obviously, it had been there 100 years beforehand. But as a basketball school, Georgetown exists because of John Thompson. Allen Iverson is not an NBA player without John Thompson. 
Dikembe Mutombo is not an NBA player without John Thompson. You don't have the Georgetown Hoya as the most recognizable mascot in the 1980s. Like, think about that. This is a small-ass school in the middle of Washington, D.C. that has almost no campus. And if Georgetown, the Georgetown Bulldog or Hoya, was my favorite mascot in the 80s. I went to Syracuse, and people asked me, I'm watching TV, I'm watching a basketball game, and they're like, you're rooting for Georgetown. I was like, of course I'm rooting for Georgetown. It had Ewing, it had Mutombo, it had Morning. They're like, oh, dude, you can't be a Syracuse fan and root for Georgetown. That doesn't work. <laughs> there are... Right, and and you and you learn, and and it's true because now the the chant is, hey, bl- hey, Seth, what time is it? It's four, it's five forty five sixteen, and the rest of the crowd goes, and Georgetown still sucks. So I mean, we have a chance. <laughs> I mean, we have a legitimate chant. That is, and it doesn't matter that we're not rivals anymore. That's still the chant, Seth. So, I, Georgetown I, University. I Basketball does not exist without this man. I mean, I know you went and, – and let's understand, George, John Thompson was drafted in the third round by the Boston Celtics. He played two seasons behind Bill Russell. Bill Russell. He, yep. got drafted, he got drafted in the expansion draft by the Chicago Bulls. And instead of going to Chicago, he said, fuck you. I'm going to go into coaching. This man is 6'10". Like, when they say Big John Thompson, I don't know if you've ever stood next to John Thompson, but I did. That's a big man. I have. That's a big man, Seth. And there was no nicer man. Like, that's the thing. His off-the-court persona was so much different than his on-the-court. Well, I mean, his on-the-court was intimidating, to say the least. And, you know, ironically, what you say about John Thompson is the same thing. Arizona was the true afterthought of college basketball. And Lute Olson took it and brought it to, you know, made them a top 20 team forever, final four team in 87, and then they won the title in 97 with Vivian Simon. You're talking two all-time great coaches. Now, the impact that they had on society – differs quite a bit but as basketball coaches both sensational John Thompson you know in, John Thompson was a beast among men and you know he what he did what he did with Georgetown as you said was you know incredible yes he gave up a basketball career to go play, to go coach high school ball in DC, and then it just went from there. Um, you know, it's a, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. If you'd like to call in seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. I am a Big East guy. I grew up with the Big East. I mean, Seth, you did as well. We we grew up in the time of the Big East, the eighties and nineties, and yep. we both lived in, in the tri-state area. 
So we had Seton Hall, we had St. John's, we had Syracuse, we had Georgetown. The Big East tournament came to Madison Square Garden every year. We lived in Big East country. Rutgers was even in the Big East. I mean, as sad as that is. But, I mean, we we lived at Villanova. We lived in Big East country. And the coaches, oh, the coaches, uh, Karnaseka, John Thompson, Beheim, Massimino, I mean, the coaches were Don of uh, Patino, Paul Patino, yeah, Jay. I mean, yeah. Ralph, Ralph Willard. I mean, you can continue. Go, uh, I was mentioning a seat. Oh, PJ Carlos Carlissimo. PJ Carlissimo. You can continue, yeah. yeah, you can keep going on and on about the coaches in the Big East. And John Thompson epitomized the Big East. He was, I'm just gonna hit you and hit you and hit you again. And I gotta tell you, Seth. Uh, when I heard of John Thompson's passing, and he had been sick for a couple of months, according to reports, I kind of did a little self-reflection on myself. Obviously, self-reflection on myself. That sounds great. Did a little self-reflection. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously. I mean, and I sat down yep. and I said, all right, so how does this work? Like, and this happened right after Chadwick Boseman died. And I'm like, all right. And, 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 and it's a sad weekend. I mean, it was sad. And it didn't hit me until all at once. And I was saying, all right, so Roly's dead. Louis passed away. Did Here Louis we have die? John Thompson. Louis, I believe. I'm almost sure. I'm looking this up, but I think Lou Karnasek is dead. Oh, maybe I might be wrong, and I would love to be wrong. No, I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. I don't think so. Louis is still alive. Louis is 95. Wow. Okay. Hey, hey, I've never wanted to be wrong so badly. I mean, and I kind of took stock and said, what happens when Jimmy goes? Like, how much of a funk am I going to be when Beheim passes away? And. And it'll, it's, it'll a, it's, an extraordinary, it's an extraordinarily weird thought process that people that you grew up with, rooting for, rooting against, you know, regardless, you know, are people that are now dying and dying yeah. at legitimate, you know, legitimate ages. Not like, not that I want anyone to die at 77 or whatever it is, but, you know, Lou Dolson, I think it was 85. Thompson was 78. He said Louis is in his 90s. I mean, it's very weird. You know, I remember my dad talked about it when Mickey Mantle died. Now, we yeah. haven't, except for Kobe, and there have been a couple, like, I'm not going to talk about the drug, the drug, the drug deaths, because that's different to me. But there have been very few, you know, Reggie White, you know, we grew well, up watching as one of the greatest linemen of all time. Well, we had one happen this weekend Cliff Robinson. I mean, I remember uh, yeah. Cliff Robinson. I mean, I remember him sure. at UConn in in '92. I re, I remember playing him on Lakers versus Celtics because he was six foot ten, and I wanted him. <laughs> I put him at my. I wanted him as my point guard because I wanted an all six foot ten and over lineup. So he played with he played point guard with our biggest Sabonis as my as my shooting guard. I mean, was that you over? Are, was that you overcompensating for your height? Absolutely, there's no question <laughs> about that. 
but the fact is, the headband, the whole thing, and look, Cliff Robinson was 56. So, I mean, he was 12 years older than us. But it's yeah. still a guy that we grew up watching, right? I mean, Cliff is really yep. the first guy that didn't die tragically that we probably grew up watching, if I had to guess, in our time frame. I don't remember another one that would be in there that wasn't tragic, like there wasn't something that went wrong. And it, like I said, it's just the hit on top of the hit. And 2020, yeah. you know what? You suck. You suck. Like everything about this year sucks. And we say that every year when somebody, well, at the end of the year, we say this year sucked. And these people died. But you know what? This one's taking the case. Down. We got four more. Mo- we got four more months of this shit. And I, I, I got nothing. And I go to hockey. I go watch hockey. And for two hours, two and a half hours, I, I pretend that, that it's just, it's okay. And my, my, my hallmate across the hall, when the Islanders came back last week from three to zero, tied it up, he, he, he knocked on my door. And he's like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "I don't understand." Does everyone? Uh, I could, does everyone do I this? Could, the girl at the the girl at the pool, like they, they, everyone thinks you're. Are you dying down there, dude? I am screaming my bloody head off because for two hours, two like I said, sports is supposed to be an escape, and right now hockey's my escape. And it's great that I'm able to share it with my brothers. It's it's great that I'm able to share it with you or anybody else that I, that I have turned into a hockey fan in Atlanta. And it's like the same five of us go to watch the game. So, I mean, I actually have turned some people into hockey fans, which is insane. Um, but the fact is, this sucks. Everything about this sucks. And for the last three days, I've been watching Chadwick Bozeman films. And it's important to talk about this man. As much about Black Panther as it was about James Brown, as it was about Jackie Robinson. And as I'm watching 42, which was his first big break, I am, Seth, tying that to Kenosha. I am looking at that saying, we haven't come very far. What the hell is wrong with us? And to see that the NBA and NHL and MLB and some NFL players are take and Colin Kaepernick, who is still unsigned. Not that I'm sure he should be signed. That's a different story. Um, are protesting stuff that should have been a memory and not the present is disturbing beyond all belief. Still is. I think the only way you can look at it is this. I don't disagree with you. But now it's making a more conscientious effort in whatever, you know, in whatever capacity you can. Whether it's protesting, whether it's donating to the NAACP, or whether it's whatever, you know, just be, or just being more cognizant. I think that's what it is. Now, at the end of the day, 
look, it's great that they're opening up these places to be. They're opening up. I know they announced Barclays was opening for polling. Um, it's more important to me that in, down in Atlanta that they're opening it up for polling because New York's most likely a foregone conclusion. But, you know, we've kind of hit the, the, the dividing point here of if not, you know, if the trend of the last three or four months continues, and let's be honest, there's a very good chance that based on the election, they could. Then what? So, you know, then is it all for naught? Not that, not that being cognizant of it is for naught, but what can be done is. And that I don't know. Yeah. If you'd like to call in 760-283-0846, we know we have given a lot of deep topics, and we generally do not talk very deep on this show. Uh, Self-admittedly, we we like to keep it loose, but uh, the last couple of weeks have been very deep in general, and we missed last week. And I'm not, as I said at the beginning of the show, and Seth, I know you missed this, this is just as hard a show for me as the George Floyd one was. It really is. This has, the last week has affected me greatly. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure what other outlets I have right now. So this is my outlet. And this is where I'm going to talk about it. Uh, as Seth said, you know what? Social media is just stupid. Right now, all you're going to do is get into an argument. So why are you going to do that? Because you're not while you may want to try and change people's minds, I will tell you flat out, the chances of you changing any person's mind on social media is less than 1%. It just is. You can fight facts with facts. And you know what the problem is? Nobody has the facts. Nobody. They're just not there. Everybody's got to spin. So... We appreciate you giving us a half hour so far. Wow, it's been a half hour of talking about the stuff that we do care about and the stuff that has affected us. And now we're going to move on to our fantasy football preview because you know what? (laughs) It's coming up, dude. It's coming up. It's another thing to distract you. Now, what what I do want to please tell our listeners is don't let it fully distract I think that's the biggest thing maybe that I've learned in the last couple of weeks is that while sports is definitely a distraction, there is a time for distraction and a time for not being distracted and a time for listening and a time for understanding what is going on in the world and for the person that abhors politics, which I do. I hate it so much. It's time, to, it's time to listen, and it's time to crack down and do something. So anyway, so 58 minutes left, fantasy football coming up. I know the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show um, team drafts a week from tomorrow. No, a week from today. week from today, Tuesday. But I did want to throw this at you. So I did this yesterday. And I have gone back and forth. So I am in three leagues this year. I believe, Seth, you are in five. Is that correct? Yep, I'm in five. Okay. So once again, the trend 
of Seth going up in leagues and Sean coming down in leagues continues. Because no, I, I I've gone down. I've come down in the leagues. I was no, I'm just year. saying the no. I was going to go the ratio because the ratio is still bigger. <laughs> you are still more leagues, which which when we started this show, I was in substantially more leagues than you, and now yep. I have just said, you know what? One of those leagues I just looked at and said, I'm not having fun. Like, I did not have fun in that league last year, and I will tell you, it is much better for you as listeners and uh, listeners to us, and I take this, and this is the reason why I did what I did. I feel that fantasy football should be just be fun. So if you're not having fun in the league, don't be in the league. It's not really all that important to life. Unless you're going to win without any problem and then just make money. Okay, dude, we got, 12, we got 12 minutes. No, we don't. We got 12 minutes. We're doing the whole hour today? Dude, I've set this up for a 90-minute show. Dude. This when the was two kids on a Tuesday. Uh, okay, well, I'll do, we'll do what we can. Okay. We'll do we'll do what we can. If you need to log off, we'll log off. But here here's my well, question. I may log off and then come back on. Okay, shoot. Okay, so I draft. So yesterday I had a keeper. I had to set my keepers in one league. And by the way, I don't think we've set Nabate's keepers yet. We have, we, we have not discussed that on this on this show. So I had James Conner in the thirteenth round, who I can protect, I believe, for one more year, or Josh Jacobs in the fourth round who I can protect for two additional years. And I went with Connor in 13. And, the, and, and I was kind of going back and forth, and I wanted your opinion on this. This year we decided that there would be two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex, while normally we did one and three. So I felt that getting the 13th round allowed me more depth earlier on in the draft to fill the slots. What was, what's your thought, as opposed to Jacobs in the fourth? The problem is that Connor is such a wild card because of his health. They've had, you know, they brought it, they, they brought in the, I don't think it's going to be a by committee. And, but I do think that I, I, I probably would have gone, it's a hard call. I think I would have gone with Jacobs in, in the fourth. Because I think people mm-hmm. are sleeping on Jacobs. I think we have well, all I the Miles I... Sanders money. I think we have – Jacobs is going to be one of the rare three-down running backs this year. And they're talking about how he will be catching more out of the back. And Agreed. If you look at Oakland, you don't have great wideouts. Actually, I can't even think of who their wideouts are off the top of my head. So – you know, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree are not walking through that door. No, but Henry so, Ruggs, Henry Ruggs right. Darren Waller, and Jason Witten are. Darren Waller is a so, right. So Darren, so they're going to play the two tight ends. So you have so you but the, so you have one wide out, two tight ends, and Ruggs look, is a rookie, again. which often wide outs. I think I I always look. If you were saying he was a second round pick, eh, but to me. I get the value. Look, the value of Connor at 13 versus Jacobs at four is probably not in doubt. 
but the idea that you know what I realized in the last, especially last year, where I was had a really good year in general. It's all about the stars. I agree and with that Connor, Sounds like a that. stupid comment, but Connor has not proven other than the one year. You know, again, he was behind Le'Veon Bell, and then he was hurt last year. But Pittsburgh just I, – I, I don't get a feel on Pittsburgh. I think they are going to run Jacobs into the ground in Oakland – or in Vegas, excuse me. So, so, so I, here's my I thing. I probably would have gone with the star. So here's my thing. I think I'm going to be able to grab Jacobs probably in the second round. Okay. Or even in the first round. Or even in the first round. So what I still pick, think I'm going to get what pick, do you have? what pick do you have? I don't have one yet. We haven't done the draft order. That's that's tomorrow. That's okay. Thursday night. So I, I okay. think I'll be able to get Jacobs in, the, in that round. There are two players that were that – were, there were no first-round protections, and there were two second-round protections. So that means the whole first round is going to be open. And that all – the other reason why I did this, Dad – is because we added another starting player. And because we added another starting player, most of the, the value most of the a 13 that month. Gotcha. Right. Most of the, most of the gotcha. players that are protected are in rounds one through six. So for me, I have a free reign in rounds one through six. So I'm essentially getting seven people in the first six rounds. That's the way I went about it, and and I agree with you. Star-wise, Jacobs and, – and that's what troubled me. I mean, wait, I went back and forth on this. I had no idea until I, ma- I, I took over commissionership of this league, so I had to adhere to the rules, and eventually I just said, you know what, I'm going with Roethlisberger. I think he comes back, he's solid, and he makes that team go. So if there is a – if there's a opportunity – they signed Eric Ebron. They have Vance McDonald. Connor's in a contract year, which is helpful. That, that's the reason I went there. But anyway, I, I do digress. That is the reason I went there. So you obviously love Josh Jacobs as a player. This year. I'm a fan. Yeah. Let me hear, I do. Let me, hear, let me hear some of your guys that you love. Well, before we get, before we get to that, I, I think I talked to you about my dilemma. Did I talk to you about the Sanders-Brown dilemma or Sanders-Allen dilemma? No. Okay. So my, my oldest league, which I've been in for 18 years, final, which is one of them I debated dropping because the league, it's the most boring league I have. It's been very typical PPR, snake, you know, nothing interesting. It changed to a 2QB league this year. And oh, you did. And I'm legitimately torn because you can about whether to keep. Now you can only keep. Now every free agent is a fifth round keeper. You can only keep one person per round because you lose that pick. So, in normal years, with what with two keepers, I would have kept Kareem Hunt in the tenth, which is still an easy pick. And you can only keep people for one year, and Miles Sanders in the fifth problem being with converting to a QQB league, I think everyone is keeping quarterbacks. This is my guess. I went through a list high level. I thought there would be 10 to 12 quarterbacks taken. 
jo- I have Josh Allen as the only quarterback that I can keep, and he would be a fifth-round pick. So I believe you had said Josh Allen, if I remember correctly. But I am, yep. I am legitimately torn. I have the second pick in the draft, and I know that Mahomes cannot be kept. We don't find out keepers until Thursday. So I have to get, I have to submit them on Thursday. The draft is Friday. Um, but if I if I remember correctly, you had said that you had said Alex. I'm leaning towards it, but I'm not ecstatic with it. Well, you okay? So you know my theory on two quarterback leagues, and I've had these forever, right? You draft four, and you hope you come up with two solid ones. I mean, yeah. that's just the this way is it's what we've done. This is what we've done in the, in the Bate League forever. Exactly, and we've, done, we've been very successful doing it that way. The difference yeah. in the Bate League as opposed to your league is you are in a snake draft versus an auction draft. So if you get the second pick in the draft, Seth, and you, let's assume you don't take Allen, you don't keep Allen. And let's assume you don't get Mahomes in the, for the second pick of the draft. And you pick somebody else, that number two pick. Seth, you may not have a starting quarterback by the time it comes back at all. Yeah. And that, that's, where, that's where I'm leaning. Because if I have the number two pick, and the only quarterback I would have number two pick on is Mahomes. Um, right. Lamar Jackson will be kept, and he's – yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would spend a number two pick on Lamar, on Lamar Jackson. So my assumption is Lamar Jackson is, is Mahomes is going to go number one. And there will be a running back, whether it's McCaffrey. I, don't, I think McCaffrey will be kept. I think Barkley may be kept, um, again, depending on who. I have to go take a look at the draft order. You know, if not Dalvin Cook or Kamara or Michael Thomas or someone like that will be available. So... It's a. It, it's not. It's it's an interesting call. Um, no, I don't. Like, think, I don't think this is interesting. I think this is a no-brainer. Absolutely no-brainer. If you take, if you if you protect Sanders, and you get the second pick of the draft, and the first pick is Mahomes, that there will not be a starting quarterback by the time you get back in twenty-four picks. Will not be. Yeah, that's and kind that of where automatically I means. Hold on, that automatically means you are reaching with pick two and pick three. Automatically reaching, and you could be reaching for Sam Darnold in the second round of the draft. So. Yeah. And you could be reaching for Cam Newton in the second round of the draft just to have a starting quarterback. That, yes, no, I don't disagree no, with you. That's, that's no bueno. Like, no bueno. <laughs> I mean, that's my new phrase. It's not ungood. It's just no good. Like, this is no bueno. You take Allen. You can get Miles Sanders in the second round potentially if people load up on quarterbacks. <laughs> You might be able to get him on the way back in round yeah, two. You, know you I may don't even be able to get him you. in round three. Yeah, no, no, no. 
as I said, I think it's just from a value perspective, it's a little bit harder for me to swallow. But I do agree. I think it's the only move. It's two it's, quarterbacks it's kind of where I've been in a snake first. draft. It's two quarterbacks in a snake draft. Two quarterbacks in an auction draft, I'd say probably keep Sanders and go bid for Allen. But the problem is you're not in an auction draft, and you don't know how the auction, you don't know how the snake's going to go. Twenty-four picks yep. in between, and you're going to reach in round two and three to to fill those slots. That you've ruined your draft after round three. You're going to have Miles yep. Sanders. I don't know who your other keeper was. You had said that there was another guy. Kareem I Hunt. can't remember. Kareem Hunt. Okay, so you have Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders, Sam Darnold, and Daniel Jones. Boy, you, How are you feeling for you your first four picks? Too sure. well, well, well done, sir. Thank you. I mean, that, that, that means Seth calls me crying on Friday at around 9 o'clock going, I'm done. I didn't even make it to the. I didn't even make it past the first hour, and I'm done. <laughs> oh, I have two drafts on Friday, so I will well, be. Hopefully, the second one will have gone better than that one. If that's the way you go. Uh, Iron- so... Ironically, my keeper in the second one, Miles Sanders. Damn darn! <laughs> darn it! I thought it was. Oh, and do not take Nick Chubb number two under any circumstances. No, I think that's a, I, I think that's pretty straight. I think that's a pretty easy call. So what do you what do you think of Kamara this year? So Kamara is going to be. I, I don't know where I'm picking in the draft, but he is definitely available. As is Pat Mahomes, as is Saquon Barkley. I mean, these guys were all first round picks last year, so they're not being protected. What do you think of Kamara this year with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders? Obviously, it's still the Saints, but he has held out so far. And today, Joe Mixon got a contract. So, you know Kamara's kind of pissed off still. If the, if the Bengals are ponying up money, you know the Saints need to. What, what's your thought on Kamara? Well, the reality, Kamara just wasn't great last year. So, I, I understand a little bit of the reticence, but at the end of the day, this is your shot. This is your last. This is your last big shot for a while, because this is probably the last season of Drew Brees. Although we've said that before, I think I think they eventually come to an come to an agreement. I again, I don't I don't know what Mixon signed for. I didn't see what what did he sign for? Four years and sixty four. Oof. So $14 million a year. Now, do understand, no, I, Joe Mixon is a damn good running back. Like, I am a aware. damn good running back. I am just – you don't see Cincinnati spend like that very often. No, I'm you don't still... see Cincinnati spend anything, ever. <laughs> to be fair, remember, by the time Mixon's contract's up, that's when Burrow's going to get his second contract. So – yeah. The best value, the best value in the NFL is a first-round quarterback. So yeah. if you can if you can win with a, if Burrow's earning six million dollars as your first-round quarterback, which is what he will at least in year one, you don't mind spending twenty million combined with your lead running back and your lead quarterback. That's a safe that that's safety. 
especially when guys like Breeze and Mahomes, well, Mahomes is going to be earning like $40 million next year. No, I mean, look, Kamara, Kamara's been, Kamara's been a top, a top, you know, he was a great in tandem with, with Ingram. He wasn't great last year in his first year as the, as the bell cow. And I'm not saying he won't be. Um, because I, I think he, because he had injuries last year, but, you know, mixing for what it is, Mixon's not the overall player that Kamara is, but he has been more, I believe he's been more consistent behind a, a lesser team. I don't think his True. high is as high as Kamara's high. His ceiling's not as high as Kamara's His floor is higher than Kamara's. Now, I think they'll get a deal done. I don't think Mickey Loomis is going to say in the middle of, you know, you now have a, a really competent number two wide out. You got the best wide out in football, debatably. You have a, you have a quarterback, a top quarterback who's at the end, kind of the, at the end of his run. Your defense is really good. You know, either the Breeze Jenkins thing will bring the team together or I'll tear it apart. And maybe that's what they're looking to see. Because, you know, everyone's playing nice right now. But in, you know, if you're, if, if this team, which is so talented, is four and, three and four after seven games, I have no idea what their schedule looks like. You know, all the, you know, everyone's made up may not really be there. Yep. So I well, think let me, gonna, let I me think, give you, let me get, let me give you some, some rapid fire here. You take Kamara or okay. you take Michael Thomas? Well, would he, if I, oh, Michael Thomas. You take Michael Thomas over Alvin Kamara, okay? Yes. You take Michael Thomas or Saquon Barkley? Are we talking fantasy or are we talk? oh, sorry, are we talking fantasy or are we talking real life? Fantasy. Strictly fantasy. Oh, okay. No, then I take it back. Then I would, depending on if I have, I would take Saquon Barkley. Okay. Do you change your uh, ranking for Kamara versus Michael Thomas? Yes, because I would rather take my chance. Wide receiver, you're still, it is much easier to get a, a very good wide receiver than get a very good running back. So just based on scarcity okay. alone, I would rather, I'd rather, I would go with, um, with Kamara. Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara? Isn't Dalvin Cook holding out right now also? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, hmm. I have to think about it. I don't know. That's kind of a 50-50 okay. proposition. What round does Clyde Edwards-Hilaire go? End of the first. Okay. Do you take him over Nick Chubb or Josh Jacobs? I would not take him over Jacobs. I would consider taking him over Chubb. And no, that's kind of the opposite. By the way, Joe Mixon signed a four-year, $48 million contract. Not four-year, oh, $64 okay. million. 
Sorry, 12 instead of 14. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. I would probably – Okay. I know Would everyone. You, everyone. Well, everybody loves, you know, Edward Tillera. The problem is that team has so much damn talent, and it's going to be so spread around. I don't know if it's as easy. I don't know if it, it's it's as easy to him for him. You know, when I don't know if it's it's quite as easy as people are making it out to be for him. Okay, you're going to love this question. Rank these three guys. Rank these four guys: Julio Jones. Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, or DeAndre Hopkins? Hill, one. Hopkins, two. Julio, three. Evans, four. Now, it's funny you say that. It's actually hysterical you say that. So you put the guy with the most weapons first, right? Which goes against what you just said about Hilaire. You yes. put Hopkins, who, who basically has no competition whatsoever, as number two. You have Julio, who has the, had the best seasons of all of them, as number three. And I get Evans being four, even though well, here, not sure. We, here's, the, not, here's the thought process. Yeah. I had Julio Jones for a couple of years. As great a player as he is, he doesn't really score touchdowns. Okay. He just doesn't. Hopkins is the best of all of them, but I'm always a little eerie of a player coming in of a first-year wideout in a new in a new place, and especially with having pretty much no training, very. A very strange training camp and no preseason. Um, I think Hill is the safest. I mean, Hill's not the safest. Hill is always going to be a boomer bust, but his booms are so big. And to me, look, he is the number two weapon behind Kelsey. So I, it's different that, yes. You have all these weapons. Remember, the number one weapon is the quarterback himself, as opposed to, you know, another team where you have the two, where you have the great running. Even even look at Tampa, you know, where you have the three, you know, two wideouts, and you have Gronk, forgetting that there's no running back. You know, who? Yeah, I mean, Tampa's running back is Ronald Jones again. Jesus. Um, yeah. So that I, I can I can. Jones, his numbers are always good, but the nine for 85, it gets frustrating after a little while, to be perfectly honest. And I've drafted him in the first round a couple times, and he's never lived up to expectations. So, All right. So this will be the last rapid-fire question. I'm going to ask you some buffs. Okay. Where are you drafting the following players? Travis Kelsey, now the 12-team league. Where are you dra- snake draft? Where are you drafting mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, and Zach Ertz? Kelsey and Kittle are middle anywhere from the middle to late second to early to mid third. Okay. Who is um, Andrews is a is a fifth round pick. Ertz is a, to me about a sixth round pick. Okay. 
I think I think Ertz gets drafted above Andrews. He I does. actually like or Ertz a lot more than I like Andrews. Uh, I think I think Andrews, while good, came out of nowhere next last year. Let's see him do it for another year. Um, I think Kittle. If you think you're getting Kittle or Kelsey in the third round, I think you're smoking something. <laughs> I, I, I the beginning of the third. Anyway, what's that? The beginning of the third. It's got to be really? really early in the beginning of the third. Yeah, like I think they're times. going. I think they're going between 18 and 20. And I think once one goes, the other one's going to go right behind them, no matter who it is. Okay. It, it, could, be, it could be Kelsey Kittle. It could be Kittle, Kelsey. But I think somebody's going to want one of them and then get and, – and say, oh, crap. There are, two, there are two top tight ends. If I don't get one, I need the other. You're after right away. Generally, that's me, by the way. I'm the first person to pick a tight end in my league every year. In fact, they they nicknamed it the Tony Gonzalez Award because I always picked Tony Gonzalez in the first or early second round of every year that I ever played in this league. Uh, I also tend to uh, draft nine running backs <laughs> in this league. So, um, and like is this you, the this is you a were, very – Is this the league that you're Susan Lucci where you made the final like yeah. 16 years in a row yeah. and lost – Yes, yes. And this year I took over being uh, commissioner, actually, and this is our 21st year. So that's pretty cool, though, to have a, to have a league going 23 years, uh, 21 years, excuse me. Uh, it almost got sabotaged by COVID, but we resurrected it. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. Here's, here's my last question. Sorry, I, I have one more rapid fire. My assumption is that Mahomes and Jackson are going to go one and two in any draft. Where are they going? And where do you think they should go? Where do you think they will go? And where do you think they should go? It depends on the, it depends on how I'm set up. Um, one quarterback, I, two, one quarter, standard, standard, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide outs, a tight end and a flex. In a one QB league, I think they go to I think they go the middle of the second round, middle to end of the second round. Um, in a two QB league, they go top two. They go one two. Wait a second, one two? You just said you wouldn't pick Lamar Jackson number two. I'm not saying what I wouldn't, but I'm saying I think okay. he would go one two. Okay, fair enough. I'm still struggling with why you wouldn't pick Lamar Jackson second overall. I w- I'm not sold on the passing. I'm not sold on the wideouts. I'm not sold on the passing game. And you don't need I'm, to. I'm, I, kind of, I know because he can run. I am. Look, I loved Lamar Jackson as a as a uh, as a um, college player at, at Louisville. We've talked. You and I. If you remember, we talked about this a lot a long time ago. But I kind of not that I want to see a little bit more. I I I I don't have as great a feeling on on Baltimore this year as everyone else I think does, and I may change my mind on it. Who the hell knows? You know, Hollywood Brown. You know, they're saying he's going to be a number one. Let me see it. 
you know, you, you have four or five running backs now because you brought in Dobbins. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. In look, what Jackson did was revolutionary last year. Right, but all this stuff doesn't that make it better for your quarterback? Like, uh, you, you don't have a number one. Out. You don't have a. You don't have a great wideout. You, you don't have a great number one wideout. Well, okay, I, I I get that, but let's let's go back in time here, dude. I'm not, I'm not dropping. Players. I'm not dropping him to number sixty four overall. But I'm saying no, he'd probably that. be top five to seven, as opposed to number one, or number, okay. as opposed to McCaffrey, Mahomes, McCaffrey, Mahomes. Well, you said you said you can't get McCaffrey, so it's I, I would understand if you could get McCaffrey, but you can't. Are, are so we that's talking where about in my? Are we talking about in my league? Where, yeah, like, I said I cannot. I said your two QB league. If you got set up with the number two pick in the draft, and you saw and you had Josh Allen. You wouldn't have to pick a quarterback until the fifth round. True. And you'd have everybody scrambling for quarterback. Scrambling. That is Remember, abs- this is not an auction league. This is a snake league. So people I are agree. going to see yes. quarterback, a quarterback run. You may, you know, it's funny. You may be able to get Joe, Joe Mixon in your second round second. pick. Or jo- oh yeah, or Josh Jacobs in your second round pick, because the minute you pick Lamar Jackson and you have him and oh, Allen, I would look Lamar Jackson. Well, first of all, problem is number one, Lamar Jackson is not going to be there. You have the second pick Lamar in the Jackson. draft. How is he not? Because he's kept. Oh, he's oh, it's Mahomes. Okay, sorry, I thought both of them were available. Okay, got it. Yeah, no, that's why well, I was kind of confused by the question. Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so so we we got as much time as you have left. Uh, if you'd like to call in 760-283-0846, my time is limited by the 7 o'clock start, game, start time of the Islanders. But other than that, I'm good. I actually have to go put the laundry in the dryer to get my shirt. But the fact is, who are your Who are the guys you really like this year? Who are the guys you, you you're telling people don't sleep on these guys? I want one. Basically, who am I going to have to talk you off the ledge when we auction? <laughs> oh, actually, let me throw that to you first, simply because I'm trying to watch the kids a little bit as we go. So, and since you've given me all the rapid fire. Who are your Who are your five? I need to have your five. I need to have them. All right. So my five that I need to have: Greg Kittle. Assuming George these Kittle. guys are Greg not Kittle. Greg, George Greg Kittle. Kittle. Greg Kittle was a first. Greg Kittle was a first baseman for the White Sox. How many, no. Oh, and I called him Greg Little last year. How many times am I going to do that? <laughs> All right. So George Kittle over Travis Kelsey. Um, Agreed. And I would and I would spend more money because, as you said before, there just aren't as many weapons. Emmanuel Sanders, and you and I have a love for Emmanuel Sanders going way, way back. But I think him and Breeze are going to be amazing this year. I would not be surprised if he gets 10 touchdowns in that, in that offense. Absolutely love Emmanuel Sanders. And always have, but uh, even more so this year. Um, okay, who else? Um, I love Josh Jacobs. I know I, I just said no, but yes, 
and Austin Eckler. I mean, I'm not pulling too many random. I'm not pulling too many guys from like the low end, but Austin Eckler right. finally getting a shot. Yes, please. I mean, seriously. Yes, please. And here's here's a lower end guy. I like Michael Gallup. I have liked Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup That's goes easy. very well with. What's that? That's easy. Gallup was Gallup? and wide out the second half of the year last year. All right. Let me. I'll pick somebody a little lower on the spectrum. Are you happy with that? Okay. Yeah. Let's go with. Well, Emmanuel Sanders is ranked a hundredth in the in this ranking, and I think he's going to be in like the fifties. Um, let's go with Julian Edelman. If you're looking at just a guy, right? A guy that may be overlooked. You know he's going to catch balls. He may not get touchdowns, but he's going to catch balls. I mean, he's going to get a hundred. He's going to get a hundred catches in that offense. And Lord knows if those stupid Patriots sign Leonard Fournette, he'll get like <laughs> fourteen hundred yards. Like I just know this is going to happen, right? Of course. Actually, my the scary thing to me is if he signs with the Steelers. Because then that takes Connor's carries away. Like, that scares the crap out of me. But he could go to the Raiders, too, and take some of Josh Jacobs' carries away. It's not good. I don't, um, think, I don't think he's going to the, the Raiders. Don't want, don't, after what happened with Brent, Antonio Brown, the Raiders do not want anyone else who they, think that, who they perceive could be a – That's true. Could be a, a malcontent. Issue. One of my yeah. favorite words, malcontent. Uh, okay, so here's another guy, and I know I know you're going to say, well, that's not really that hard, but I think it is. Roethlisberger. This guy wants to play. Like, if you heard – I'm not sure how much you've read about him, but at halftime when he hurt his elbow, his wife came up to him and said, if you want to quit, we're, I'm good. Like, we could just walk away. You don't need to have surgery. You can rehab. You won't be able to ever throw a football the way you do again, but you, you can play with the kids. Like you can do everything you need to do. He's like, Nope, I'm back. I'm coming back for somebody at 37, 38 years old to do that. This guy wants to play. Yes, he does. And he had, and I, I, I'm a big fan. So I think him, and if you're looking for a $1 tight end, Chris Herndon of the jets. Ah, that's who I was going with. <laughs> but we will not. With. We we will be bidding on Kittle, <laughs> even though we won't get him if he's not protected. Right. Right. So who you got on your <laughs> list? All right. Um, bear with me one second. There we go. Okay. So who do I have on my list? I'll start with I'll start with the with my tight end was Herndon. Okay. And because. Let's be honest. He he was great. Too. He he had a breakout two years ago before all this yeah. happened. And yeah. the Jets. Let's be honest. The Jets have the worst wide receiver crew in the NFL. I don't yes. think there's much question about that. Underrated Brandon Cooks. If he can stay healthy, and I realize that's a big if. Mm-hmm. He is a number one in a. With a team with a top five to ten quarterback in Watson, and a team that is really needs 
you know, has to replace Hopkins, you have a lot of catches that are available there. And that dude can yep. burn. And you know Fuller is going to get hurt in week five. Yep, he typically does. So running back, let's see here. Let me think. Uh, uh, there's a couple that I can't, you know, like Gall- I also, to be fair, I think Gallup is great. I'll go quarterback. I kind of really like where Drew Locke is looking this year for a lower end. Because look at the wideouts he's got. You're scaring me. Button. You're you're scaring me that we're going to pick Drew Locke. Anyway, go ahead. We're not, but Joe Flacco may not be available. So. Um, he's, he's a got Jet. Sutton. Yeah. No. He's got Jerry Judy. He's got he's got Noah Fant, and that team. Courtland Sutton. Is going to I know. Playing. That team is he's got Melvin Gordon. He's got Philip Lindsay. That team is in look, the Chargers' defense is not very good. Kansas City is, is going to be ahead of them, so they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And the Raiders' defense isn't very good. I think I think Locke has a good year. Running back. I'll tell you, it's kind of weird to say this. I kind of like Gurley as kind of a coming from nowhere. I think he's going home to Georgia. I think he's got a lot to prove. Their offensive line is pretty good. Their receivers are excellent. So he's not going to be keyed on. And they're playing for their coaches. They're playing for pretty much for their – everyone's playing for their jobs. Now, remember, Gurley did very little last year, played very little last year. If he is healthy, and I don't know who else Atlanta has anymore. Freeman's gone. Coleman's gone. Not that I see him per se as a three-down back. But I think he's going to get a lot. I think he's going to get. This is going to be his his shot to kind of. This is his redemption shot. I kind of dig it, to be honest. Um, the other one well, I kind of like also actually is his replacement with the Rams and Cam Akers as a rookie because like everyone's giving the love to um, to Edwards Hilaire and giving the love to you know DeAndre Swift and in Detroit. I think, sorry, just, I think Akers, I think the Browns, the Rams, everyone forgets the two years ago they were in the Super Bowl, number one. They still have a pretty good team. And I think Akers is going to be a thousand yard running, a thousand yard runner. So I give absolutely no love to DeAndre Swift. No. I think that is a timeshare waiting to happen. With Kenyon well, Johnson. None. No, no, no. Okay, well, I I, I'm agreeing with you. So. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you that you like Akers. Oh. So I'm, sa- I'm saying he's being overlooked because while they're giving love to DeAndre Swift, I'm saying I don't see the love there for DeAndre Swift at all. I don't see the l- rookie running backs when you have a timeshare are unlikely to get the lead amount of carries. Just doesn't happen. Yeah, that's- that was the David Montgomery syndrome from last year. That's right. 100%. And if, here, and if Fournette's going to go anywhere, Chicago's like the perfect place for him, right? I mean, Montgomery's out like two to four weeks. And you know Tariq Cohen can't take that job. I mean, on a full-time spot. 
And Josh Pace is playing for his job. Sorry, Ryan Pace is, is the general manager, and he's out for his job. You know Nagy will use them accordingly. Yeah, I think that's the spot. Chicago may be the spot for him. But, okay, so who are your busts? Who are your guys that you think aren't – who are maybe have a name but not the production? And I'll put Rob Gronkowski as number one. Um, I just don't think he plays very much. I think they hold him and hold him and hold him, and then he starts, like, playing around week 12. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I um, I don't think bust, but I think take a step back a little bit, Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think what Green Bay did with this draft but when you take a when you use a second round pick for a running back who's a bruiser, I think that in um, AJ Dillon from BC, I think they may take away it may take away some of his touchdowns and carries um, and, and carries for that matter. Um, you know, it's kind of a lot of the two and three yard plunges at the goal line. I'm not really sure how I feel about Aaron Rodgers this year, um, where you know, again we. I cannot believe Green Bay did not go for any wideouts. Cannot believe. Um, I think I don't. I'm not big on Amari Cooper. I think between Zeke and Michael Gallup and CCOM, who I don't think they ever expected to get in the in the in the fifteenth pick. I I I, I don't think he's going to be. I think he's a wide receiver too, low low two. I've never really loved him as a fantasy player, and yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to be great this year. Yeah, I totally get that. Okay, so we're, we're, we we are at our one hour and fifteen minutes, which I think is a good, pretty good stopping point. Um, you have anything left to say? Before no, we, I think uh, what you, we say, say lobby. Nah, um, I think kind of what we said in the beginning kind of covered everything. I would Except agree. We are back. Tonight. Thank you. We are back next week uh, with our football preview, our NFL football preview, in, and we'll give you a, a little taste of the Namate Isles draft, which will follow. Um, oh, that's the one other thing. Yes. Um, to our yes, to our mutual friend who. Has, who we know has gotten sick, uh, which we're not going to mention, not that we would mention the name anyway. Not sure if he's listening, but, you know, we got your back, buddy, and anything we can do, let us Get know. better, buddy. A- absolutely, okay. we are here for you. Um, and uh, in, in closing, just appreciate what you have. Enjoy the time that you have. Make some time for yourself, but forest from the trees, people. Forest from the trees. Let's do it. Okay, for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BacksportsPage.com, obviously still BlogTalkRadio.com. And uh, we will see you again next week with our NFL preview. Stay safe, everybody. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.